0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right,
0: baby. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader. And before we get into it with my buddy, Honor Kaglar... I wanna talk to you about our sponsor Axe Wax. That's right, Mrs. Lockwood, I said Axe Wax. That's a wax for your ax or your hammer or your knives or whatever. And I know what you're saying, who needs a food safe hammer? And I'm here to tell you that some of us make culinary knives and we don't want anything icky on our knives tell our customers. So it's nice to not have any petroleum based products and Axe Wax has none of that. So go over to axwax.us, put in promo code fullblast10, get yourself 10% off off a couple pucks of Axwax and wax that axe, okay? Axewax, Mrs. Lockwood, I said axewax. Without any further ado, I am, I'm thrilled to have my friend Honor Caglar here, uh, dies in every film. He is an extraordinary knife maker. He is an incredible content creator. He's a he's a he's a mixed martial artist fighter, and love him or hate him, he don't give a fuck because it, it don't matter to him at all.
1: Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, dude.
0: I tell you what, I've spent all weekend watching your fight videos, and one of the great things that I I get to do is I'm, I like messaging with you. Because you've done something that few people haven't been able to figure out. A lot of people, especially the YouTubers I talk to, they get nasty comments or, as uh, Jess calls them, cranky comments or something like that. And they get get torn up about it. But you've turned it into the greatest evergreen bit of all time.
1: Yeah. I I I think it's part of, like, I don't know, I've just I matured in the army and, I mean... If you can't take any uh, sort of banter when you're in the army and you can't give it back, then you've, you know, you're gonna get it, and it's not gonna be fun.
0: (laughs) But I get the feeling that you enjoy. Like I don't, I don't think anyone. I think this is your bit completely. I feel like anybody else who does it, ah, you got to find something new because this is. I mean, nobody does it better than you.
1: It's uh, it's strange. I think it's like something I've always been good at. It's just like a witty remark, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, it's the funny thing is, is I remember when you started to do it and you started to post in your stories. The comments that people wrote. The stu- I mean, they're they're so stupid. It's just shocking. It like it never ceases to amaze me how stupid they are. Yeah. And then you'll you know screen cat tack uh, screen capture it, put it up on your stories, and then you'll write a comment, and it's hilarious. But what you're getting now is people are starting to realize that they're, you're going to make them famous by they'll write something stupid, and then you'll you know you'll you'll put it up on your stories, and that's what they're looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd- I've started to spot out quite a lot of them when they're doing that, you know. Like some people will do it, and you can just tell that they're doing it just for a bit of attention, you know. Oh
0: God, damn! That's I tell you the first time I saw you, and, and this is great because the first time I saw your work, it was a couple of years ago. I guess it was like when we started in on Knife Talk, and and uh, you were you were sending us messages, or, or you started following us, and I and I looked at your link, and I looked at your webs your your uh, YouTube channel. And you did something that I was saw. I'm like, this fucking guy is so smart. He, you did this skeletonized knife where you took all the material out of the inside of the knife blade and out of the handle. And I thought, you know, good for this guy for doing something totally different. And in the back of my mind, I thought, he's probably going to catch some shit for this. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, got I mean, lot. there was no doubt <laughs> in my mind
0: that it was like, <laughs> this is not going to be, this is going to be a thing for him.
1: Yeah, that sort of like came about accidentally because I made one knife and I tried to put a sharpening choil in it and it went wrong. So I cut the inside out and then I forged one and I, f- I did something wrong on that. So I was like, right, I'll just do the same with that. And yeah, it's, it, it, it got a lot of stick because everyone was like, oh, when you sharpen it, it's, there's going to be an out left. But there's <laughs> you know, like, there quite a lot of meat on it. I was like, there's a lot of meat on it. If you sharpen your knife, like I think there was like 10 mil, 10 millimetres. Yeah. So I was like, if you sharpen your knife and take away 10 millimeters of your blade, then that knife, you wouldn't really want it anyway. It's going to be a weird looking knife.
0: <laughs> I, I just, I, th- I love the fact that you started doing this restoration, uh, this the restoration stuff.
1: What got you into knife making? How did you get into knife making? Um, I actually like, do you know what, like years ago, I've always, it's always something I've been interested in. I'm like one of them kids who's interested in weapons and knives and stuff like that. Uh, years ago i remember um i had like a piece of metal in my garden it'll have been like mild steel and i remember putting the hob on and trying because the hob would glow red and i remember trying to heat this metal up to get it to glow red thinking i'd make a knife yeah i, d- I did that and then obviously didn't do anything after that for years but I, I saw i saw a video on youtube and and i was like yeah i, I think i'd like to try that you know with a, just a file and i filmed it when i did it and, and posted it and everyone liked it and then people kept asking me for knives so it was like um i'd, I'd do that and i'd be like oh well I'll, I'll, I'll start making more you know try and get better at it and then it just sort of evolved from there so when you were a kid were you doing a
0: lot of like building or I'm, I'm making things or
1: um sort of yeah like obviously as a smaller child i was really into lego and i just used to like i'd spend hours and hours building all sorts of things on lego and my uh my granddad was a an engineer and he'd bring like he had like a little tool shed he'd bring like bits of metal and stuff and then be showing me how to weld and we'd, we'd you know try and make stuff out of it like um um that's it there's, there's like a, a it used to be a show on on british tv where they'd build like robots out of remote control things oh cool and like we'd try and make stuff like that it, it never went anywhere but it was fun you know like it, it was like a bit of bonding time and we, it was something we both enjoyed doing
0: that's awesome. That's one thing that I, I have that was what I had with my, old, my father in terms of like, just kind of, we didn't make anything great. I mean, it was like little, you know, toys and stuff. But mm. the fact that you're able to kind of have that relationship, it's really cool that he was like teaching you how to weld when you were like a kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's weird because like he taught me how to stick weld and that was a long time ago and now I'm stick welding so bad. Oh, <laughs> I don't that's know how awesome. I even did
0: it. <laughs> well, stick welding. I mean, that's the, I mean, it's like, the, it can't get any harder than stick welding.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's face it. That's so when you, I don't know where to begin with you because, it, you know, you, you, you have such, you've, you, you're a young guy and you've led such an incredible life. Um, what, what made you want to serve the, serve your country?
1: um it's it's all like the same sort of thing you know it's probably cliche you know like I was a young kid I was into weapons and then I wanted to fight in wars I've always been interested in stuff like my great granddad fought in the war and he, I, we used to go and see him um every couple of weekends and he'd show me pictures and stuff and I, it just always fascinated me and then um I was you know like in my life I've not I started out my life wasn't very good and I was just drinking all the time and it just came to the point where I was like, right, I need to do something. You know, I would had loads of different jobs, and you know, like the army was something where I thought this, you know, this is is it's gonna do something with my life. It's gonna sort of give me a bit of uh, you know heading something to, to aim for. So uh, I just I went into that careers office and I was like, sign me up. <laughs> How old were you when you when you when you joined? I think I was twenty. Wow. Yeah, I was. I was, I was like, I want the oldest in the in in the section when i joined but i was i was one of the oldest everyone joins you know from from real young
0: was what did it come easy to you like basic training i mean i i don't know anything about it but i was i'm wondering if is did going into the military did you find it to be
1: easy or it's a strange thing because when i was in the field and doing military things like you know section attacks um uh you're just, just out, you know, being a proper soldier, that was easy. But in the, the in-camp stuff wasn't easy. It was a struggle, you know, uh, folding all your clothes, uh, ironing, and all, all that stuff, all, all the stuff which to me I'm like, well, this is just for discipline. It's not part of right. – it's not like – it doesn't make you a soldier. And I was a good out-of-camp soldier, but in camp I was, I was a bad soldier. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean bad? I, I, just, I just weren't very good at it. And, and obviously I would drink a lot as well and <laughs> – cause chaos <laughs>
0: <laughs> well see but the thing is is like when i look at when i look at your work when i look at you i think I, i'm surprised with you say that because you know your knives now are so advanced in terms of the the um the design and the execution and i see i feel like I feel like you have a a very strong uh, willingness to like take discipline on like you're, I just would imagine that t- being able to learn technique for you would be kind of like easy because the decisions you have to make, especially when you're in the military, you know, you have to take on technique and discipline because your life depends on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I am, um, I sort of, uh, whenever I try and explain it to people, I say it like I'm, I'm, I'm like old school in the way that I learn. Like I learn from just doing it over uh, like being taught, you know? Yeah. So I I, I take stuff on and yeah, I, f- I think maybe like being in the army that, that is like made it a lot easier. Cause then, you know, in, in life you don't really have to learn many things, but then when you go like do some like military, you're learning attacks and then you've got to evolve that as well, which I've put it into knives, you know, I've, I've learned how to make knives and then now I'm trying to, do things to make my knife stand out a little bit different it's, it's it's all like a similar sort of process
0: well for sure because i mean especially now i watched your video on the qmi my knife you made with the green handle yeah which is beautiful and it's like i'm looking at all these i'm looking at all the techniques that you've used and the finished product and the transitions between you know their plunge line and and just the transitions and how silky smooth everything looks and the the satins the satin finish and everything like that and i'm just like there's a this is a guy who obviously can take discipline because i'm convinced especially with knife making it's not as subjective as you would think there are certain things that are acceptable and certain things that aren't acceptable and you do have to have a degree of discipline and i would imagine Time in the time in the military, especially when you have to. I mean, I heard your story. I was listening to what is it, the All Star podcast that you were on, and I'm I'm gonna do. Oh, ah, yeah. guys, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm gonna put so many goddamn links <laughs> in the show notes because I've been spending. I spent too much time on my buddy Honor this weekend. My wife was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm all over the place," but the the your your uh interview on all-star uh the all-star podcast you're you tell this incredible story i mean it, it's an incredible story of when you were in afghanistan and this i mean it was i i have no words to express how difficult that must have been for you um but what i i mean where you know you were in, you were uh on well you tell the story i mean you if you want
1: yeah yeah i mean um Yeah, it's, uh, so I was, well, I was in, uh, I'm assuming you want me to tell the whole story, yeah?
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. Oh yeah,
1: I'll talk about whatever. (laughs) I've told it that many times, it doesn't really bother me telling it anymore. Um, Yeah, so basically, obviously, I I went to Afghanistan, um, I I was in Sangin uh, for a while with my own own battalion, and then uh, they moved on to a different area, and but I stayed on because I was used to the area. Um stayed on with um some artillery guys and then an LE captain. Uh, LE captains where they've, they've started out as a private soldier and they worked their way up through the ranks to a captain. They'd served 20 uh 25 or 26 years I think. You're only supposed to like you're only supposed to serve uh 22 but he stayed hmm. on. Um he originally got given an office job, but he was like, "Nah, I'm doing that. I want to do some soldier stuff." So he came and joined with us. Uh, yeah, we, we one of the days we we went on patrol. We where we were working, we only worked in teams of six, so there'd be we were in a combat in a compound called Tangiers, uh, patrol base, and it was basically a mud hut. What we would uh, fortified with, with barbed wire and stuff around it to make it uh, secure. There'd be six British soldiers, and then um, 12 afghan
0: soldiers no no
1: sorry 24 afghan soldiers and each time we'd patrol we'd take six uh sorry we'd take 12 out with us so there'd be there'd be us six and then 12 afghan soldiers and then obviously they'd alternate through the days um they're just they're not trained up like us you know we we did three patrols a day and they they can't sustain doing doing that same so they'd, they'd swap and change um one of the days we went out uh Lad called Kingy, the artillery lad. He was poorly, so he stayed back in camp. So it was five of us. We went out. Um, they'd have six Afghans at the back, us in the centre, and then six Afghans at the front. We were we pretty much nearly finished the patrol, like uh, on on our way back into camp. Like um, it was about maybe a mile, just over a mile away from camp. Uh, and you were walking, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we did. We only did foot patrols. Like the the basis of the patrols in Afghanistan is is your foot on the ground, you know. to... to it, obviously, if you if you just sit back, then they're going to take their territory back, you know. So w- right. we just put the foot on the ground, just show that we're there. That we're not going out to fight. We're not we're not trying to be bullies, you know. It's right. hearts and minds. The British, the British Army's part in in Afghanistan's always hearts and minds. You know, we're there. We want to get to know the people. We'll stand and right. talk to people. We'll give kids uh, humanitarian aid and stuff. Um, we'll try. You know, we we'll try and be as. Um, as natural with them as possible so not in a big armored car you know not in a big right. tank we want to be there speaking to them so they can associate with us just out of curiosity when you were going out on patrol would you be nervous beforehand no <laughs> it's oh, it's weird like it, obviously because it was something i wanted to do I'd, I'd never really got nervous um like i loved it it was it was like that's what that was what everything what i wanted that's that's what i aimed for you know to to be in a combat situation it was it was some what sort of came as fun in a way i think huh. um yeah so we were coming back in from the patrol i remember like the in afghanistan near the near the uh, water this green zone areas because obviously the water hydrates the areas and makes it possible to grow um trees and and stuff like that. the rest of it's obviously like dead it's like desert uh desert land we 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 left part of the green zone into like the mud hut area uh i remember at that point i had like a weird feeling like i was i was probably about 10 meters away from my boss um oh in fact i've i've, I've missed a massive part <laughs> so as as we were leaving the green zone we uh one of our the interpreter it, we had like the um, a radio which listened into the taliban and all, all the way around, the Taliban were saying, "Yeah, we can see him." And usually, they'll lie. You know, they'll say, "Yeah, we're going to attack him," and just to scare you. But this time, they were right. like, "Yep, I can see him." And they were calling stuff out, which was, you know, like this guy stood here. So it was they had eyes on us. They knew we were doing it. So what we did was, we split into two call signs. So three British soldiers and six Afghans went one way, and then me and my boss and and six Afghans went another way. Me me taking up the rear, then my boss in front, and then six Afghans in front of him. Um, so when we were split, uh, we went we we left the green zone, started walking up a road. I was real close to my boss at this point, like stood in close proximity, and you wanna you wanna keep a distance uh, away just in case anything goes off, and then you don't you know you don't get hit. And I remember looking at him and thinking, I need to space up a bit. And then once I'd got a decent amount of space, we I set off walking again. And then the next thing I know, there was just a, and that's it. No, I, I make that sound like, and that's what it was. You know, when you see it in the films and you hear explosions, like from fire everywhere, there's no fire. There's no, it's, it, you know, it. it's strange, but every explosion that I've ever seen, the majority of them, they're not fire. They're not flame balls everywhere. It's just air, you know, it's air being pushed out at a really fast pace. And then there's bits of metal and there's bits of stones and everything flying out everywhere. Um, there was dust. There was a big, massive dust plume, um, and you know, like I was looking around. I, there was obviously no one behind me. I looked forward, and the the Afghans were, which were in front of my boss, started shooting towards me because the explosion came from behind them. So I'm like, like shit. <laughs> I'm like, stop shooting! Stop shooting! Stop shooting!
0: So, you, so you, the guys in front, the guys in front of your your boss, are shooting back towards us, yeah, towards yeah. you.
1: Yeah, they turned around and started firing towards. Luckily. They didn't hit me, but oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they all. So I managed to st- like stop them shooting at me, uh, and all the dust had settled, and all I could see there was a big hole in the floor. Like I'd, uh, I'd probably say maybe it was a two, two, meter round hole, you know, like so that the full thing was two meters across and, and probably, um, half a meter deep. Um, and ne- next to that there was just a leg, like my boss's leg from the hip just laying on the floor and then the interpreter was laying next to that. Uh, and he was, he was shouting like he was in pain. There was blood everywhere. Um, so I like, this was at like a T junction, like part where they were stood. I I pushed forward to the interpreter. Um, I looked down one of the other roads and you could see like the, the TMH, which is the top part of his rifle was just, it was like someone had placed it against the wall. It was just there. Um, and then there was bits of kit down there, you know, uh, probably bits of his body and stuff down there um and I, I had to attend like first aid to the interpreter like his his thumb was like pretty much hanging off it was held on by a little bit of skin which was like
0: what really... are you at this point are you even thinking or is it all instinct
1: you know it's it's strange because like you go through like so many emotions like i remember like being there like right like uh, when I say, like, the explosion went off and then I moved forward, there was, it's like time slow then. Like, I went through, like, I'm just looking and then I'm like, you know, like that, the sort of thing where you, you're upset and you start crying. I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm just thinking, right, yeah. no, I can't do this. I need to go. And then, and then I'm like, oh, I can't move forward. What if this is, what if that? And then, I'm like, no, right, I need to move forward. I can't just stay here. There's so many things going on. And It was like, command decision, right? I, just, I need to push forward. How can you,
0: and how can you get your brain to like settle into what you're supposed to do? I mean, the, the I can't imagine the trauma of seeing something like that, especially with someone that you know and that you you know you're under. But to like to not just like collapse mentally, I don't know how you kind of get it together to do what you're supposed to do.
1: Uh yeah, it's it's strange because I know I know a lot of people who are in that situation would have broken down. I, it, the weird thing about being at war is you see people in different lights. There's people who think they're tough, and then when you're in a combat situation, they're not tough, you know, people are hiding, people are, it's, it's, it is strange. And I, I suppose at that moment in time, it was where everything that I'd done just came forward. And my sort of, my mental uh, strength at that time was, you know, it was like, right, yeah, we're taking over. This is what's happening. <laughs> and, uh, it helped so me so So how far away are you from the, from the base? Um, it, it was about a mile just, maybe just over a mile from the bit from from our uh, patrol base so what did you do? you're a mile
0: away obviously your your commander is dead, and then your interpreter i mean you need and you got all these Afghans in front of you,
1: you need the interpreter. what do you do? Well a truck headed towards us like nearly nearly like plowing into us, and I managed to flag it down, and I just threw the interpreter on there, and I told him like take him to the um to the DC which is I was one of our big main camps it's it's pretty fortified that camp it's it's like a bit out of the way and I was like right take this guy to the DC so he went off with the interpreter and then it was at that point I was like right I need to sort this situation out I need to I need to put a defense out you know because obviously he's tried to drive down there I don't know if there's more if there's more I didn't know at that point what it was you know it could be a mine it could be an IED so I'd, I'm like right I need to defend this position. So I, I try and get like the, the Afghans to sort of look around a little bit. It's, you know, at this point it's difficult to try and speak to them as well. You know, I'm just pointing and broken English trying to explain stuff to them. And, and the
0: frustration of not being able to t- talk to these people and your, 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 your life is depending on them.
1: Yeah. And, and the fact that it's like, right. That, you know, like we've had, we, we had Afghans, uh, soldiers who were Taliban and there, there are like, you know, there are some which are Taliban and they're in there. And then I'm like, right, I'm the one British soldier now with six Afghans. I'm worth a lot of money, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was like, shit, you know, that's when I'm like, oh, it's it sort of like hits you. And I'm like, right, right, right. I need to do something. I need to I need to go back to the camp. I need to get the one of our Land Rovers and then go back to the D.C. myself. Because uh, obviously at this point as well, I had no comms with the other team. Because the boss, the boss had the radio, and it, that was gone. That was long gone. So it was I was sort of like in the middle of nowhere. The team didn't know where we were. You know, obviously, if they hear an IED, they're going to start flying towards it. You know, they're going to be trying to radio through and find us. So it was just like I was. I remember like saying to the, the the leader of the six, I was like, "We we need to go to Tangiers." And he was going, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "No, we need to go to Tangiers." He was like, "Yeah, yeah." And I was like, fuck. And I was like, right, you stay here and look. I'm going to go. I, I, had a, I had a general purpose machine gun at that time with a big, big, one of the big guns, 7.62 with Link. Um, And I remember just like slinging that under my arm. And then I just set off on a, a mile run. I had a pistol as well and I was shooting. Uh, there was like, you know, like at that point, I think everyone's coming for me that there was, there was bikes coming everywhere. I was firing pistol shots into air, uh, keeping people away from me. And I, I fucking did the, <laughs> the oh longest God. God. You're,
0: you <laughs> you must have felt i mean a, i'm a foreigner in a foreign country and i'm alone yeah and i might be valuable i don't even know what that i don't even i can't even i can't even comprehend that what that must feel like
1: yeah it was just you know like that's when the time when you like you remember seeing all these people who get you know like the, the obviously there's been people throughout time who've been kidnapped and then they've been on tv and i'm like that's not me that i'm you know like i've there's one there's one round left in this chamber and if i if they try and set me it's going to my fucking head <laughs> were you were you really thinking that yeah yeah well what we always did was like if we had a pistol or whatever we'd always put one one uh one spare round in our top pocket top left so if it came to the worst then that's where it's going holy shit what a fucking thing to make the decision on well it's, it's like so- that and it What? it's, it's not going to be nice but what's going to be worse? like getting your head cut on tv it's a uh, Oh my god! The better god. So option, isn't you, it?
0: <laughs> so you got back. How did you get back to your base?
1: I, I just ran, like ran on foot. Uh, I remember uh, getting through the door, and Kingy e was there, and he was like, "What? What's going on? What's going on?" I was like, "I was like, mate, the fucking boss is gone." And he was like, "What? Do you, what do you mean he's gone?" I said, "He's gone, mate. He's fucking dead." And he was like, "You're fucking joking?" I was like, "No." He's, and he was like, "I heard the explosion. I didn't know what the fuck was going on." I was like, "Yeah, it was an IED. He's fucking he's dead, mate. We need to go back to the DC because at this point, time's passed, and I'm like." There's no like um ERF, you know, like the the emergency response that no one's there. I'm like so then, you know, I'm on my own and then no one else is turning up. So it's like well, fucking hell, what's what's the point in having the British Army behind you if they're not gonna turn up and fucking help you in this this time? So like me and Kingy jumped in the wagon and I mean even that was even scary, like the fact that we it's just me and him, so it's it's the same situation, you know, and then we've got to drive I think I think it's maybe four miles um to the to the dc and we fucking flew there like we've never driven like the the run from the dc to tangiers was called the run of death like <laughs> oh my god and we're like usually it's it's scary when you're in like when you're in a big group so like when we were doing it we we're like fuck like taking run of death when it's just us two as well i like, fucking know but yeah so
0: with with just a, a point of a point of view is now i understand why the commenters on youtube are fucking fleas (laughs) they're not even i mean to you it's like i've been through the run of death man this (laughs) your fucking
1: bullshit is it means nothing to me yeah yeah it sort of puts everything in perspective like "Eh."
0: oh damn right it does (laughs) i mean this whole experience must have changed your life i mean yeah you know yeah it had to have it's changed it now you understand massively oh well how would you how would you say it did
1: I've, you know like then even then like my I think even like it's not just like that day but everything it it put a lot a lot of thing in a lot of things into perspective but I think even the strange thing is like when like while while I was in Afghanistan I um I was next to like when we were originally in uh, in Sangin a bounding mine blew up went you know, a bounding mine comes up to waist height, pulls a pin, and then blows up, and it frags you all. Um, I was stood near my boss, and then one of my mates, um, and one a bounding mine bounded up and just landed back on the floor, and it didn't go off, and it was like I'd I'd so it was like a dud Yeah, I'd say like that would have fragged me. Like I was I was I was probably about two meters away from it, and then my, my boss was in front of it, and then my mate Dave oh, he was he was stood right next to me because we were talking. Um, yeah, so that one. I survived that and then obviously my boss got blown up and I survived that one. And then when I was in Kajaki, um one of our interpreters stood on um uh we we were walking up like the valley and uh, on the rainy season it, all the mines move. So like we were walking up the valley. We were sweeping for mines but um someone must have missed it and one of the interpreters stood on one and there was me and someone else like stood near him and luckily like that that didn't hit me either so I came back from Afghanistan, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking invincible." No, <laughs> you know, like it's pretty, pretty lax, really, on on, on regards and stuff. And I, just, I always used to think, like, I can't die. If I was gonna die, I'd have died now, you know. And that's
0: I. The, and does that have to do with what did the name of your uh, your Instagram is? Dies in every <laughs>
1: film. Very <laughs> no. ironic. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> that was just somehow made up just to be catchy.
0: <laughs> so when you come back from Afghanistan. I can I can only imagine I can only imagine that I mean regardless of whether or not you felt like you were bad a, a bad soldier in camp because you didn't fold your clothes right I mean your the the techniques that you learned saved your life yeah obviously I mean obviously that there's some there's randomness involved in these traumatic stories I mean I I can't imagine anything like it um but I mean I would imagine that the faith in having, the faith in the technique and the discipline that you had, I mean, saved your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, everything came there, you know, it was like, right, yeah. <laughs> All right, so now I want to know,
0: what made you want to become, a you were a professional. I think you are, you're, I'm not saying were, are, you are a professional mixed martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> what made you want to do that? Is it because you came back from Afghanistan? It's like, well, might as well just do some more
1: damage or? I, I, like the ufc and stuff like Valley tudo. It's, it's always something i liked I, i've always been into fighting i always uh, growing up i always wanted to do boxing but my mom was like you're not going to boxing you can do ballet and that's it you know because i was oh well that's i mean <laughs> how do you tell your kid that I mean, <laughs> you want to go boxing it's just like
0: you can only do ballet i, I mean... wish
1: i'd have done it now though because like the footwork probably would have worked from it so I'd, I'd, maybe you know? <laughs> but yeah she never let me because as a kid i always used to get in trouble i always used to fight all the time so she thought that he thought like it'd be a bad thing but then obviously once i got to a bit older um and i did it as a i'd say maybe a coping mechanism like i had ptsd at the time i didn't know i had it uh, but i came back a few lads went to this gym in in blackpool Sukata, martial arts and yeah they they didn't go back after that first time but i was like well oh, i like it and you yeah, I'd, I'd never go in a place where well, I didn't know on my own, but because they'd taken me in and I got to like I'd spoken to people, then I had the confidence to go back and I just kept going and then it sort of evolved from there. Um, I, like when I left the army, I continued. While I was in the army, I was doing it bit by bit, and then when I left the army, that's when I I, I joined uh, AVT um under Danny Mitchell, and that's when I sort of started taking it. Not as serious as I did in recent years, but I started looking at it a bit more seriously. And
0: Danny Mitchell is a UFC veteran.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fought a few times. Do you remember the first like MMA fight you saw that
0: you were like, maybe I could do this?
1: Um, it was more at Sukata, I just grappled and I never had the intention to actually fight. Um, but then I went to another gym while I was in Catrick and... I had like a sparring match with this guy, and he was a pro fighter, and like I beat him, and I was like, "Well, he's a pro guy," and I, like I, I'd never even really looked at it like that. So I thought, "Well, I'm gonna do it then," and it was just from I, that. I tell
0: you what, when I was at the Center for Metal Arts, my um my lead the lead guy John Ledford said came in one day, and he says, "Dude, you got to watch this show." Now I I remember I remember when the Gracies started. I remember when Hori and Gracie did UFC one. I remember, I remember that. I didn't see it, but I remember when it happened, and I remember Hoist Gracie tapping everybody out, and it was just like you know, minds blown. And I ne- and I kind of knew the you know the popular guys back in the day like Dan Severin and all those you know the grapplers and stuff. I used to I wrestled in junior high. I love wrestling in junior high. But he, my my lead man, said to me he's like, dude, you have to got you have to watch this show. It's called Bully Beatdown. This guy Mayhem Miller. Yeah. Is unbelievable <laughs> and I was just like oh, what the fuck I so I watched Mayhem Miller and I found him to be so interesting and the story behind him and following him and I listened to him on when he was on Joe Rogan and then all of a sudden you're watching Joe Rogan and then you're starting to learn the fighting and then I ended up listening I watched the fights and then I watched a little bit of Jason Ellis a little bit of that but I watched the fights I loved I love getting the UFC fights. I I'm, I'm, we're talking like ten years ago, yeah. up to you know. Now I stopped recently, but I, I just, I, I enjoyed watching the fights because it, to me, it was more. It was like I loved comic books as a kid, and I loved professional wrestling, and I felt like it was both of them, but real. Yeah. And I just, I just, I remember, I just remember having this fascination with it and a lot of it had to do with jason miller i thought that jason mayhem miller before he kind of like lost his mind i thought he was such an interesting character and i um i definitely remember the first fight i saw he was fighting strike force and it was on uh regular tv and he fought jake shields yeah and he almost tapped jake shield he almost if the if the, if he had five more seconds he would have been the strike force champion because the, the bell rang right when he had the rear naked choke sunk in deep. And it was crazy, but not as crazy as... I don't, I don't remember if, if that was the, the, the night that uh, the Diaz brothers went into the cage at the end.
1: No, the, they went into the cage, I think, when Jake Shields fought someone else. And then... Um... Mayhem Miller came in after, and he was asking for a rematch. wasn't he and then the just, right. just erupted, and it was a fucking
0: brawl. <laughs> it was like and the worst the last, idea
1: ever. <laughs> it was the la- That's right. So,
0: so Mayhem wanted to get a, a rematch yeah. because he thought he should. He should. I mean, he didn't. Win, I mean, he, I think he didn't. I think he lost by decision yeah. against. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when. So uh, yeah, that's right. So Jake Shields was in the in the in the in the, in the at the end. And then the Diaz brothers, who are the greatest of all time, you can't, you don't love the Diaz brothers, yeah. you got a problem. <laughs> and they put Mayhem in and fucking Nick and Nate put it, put it on him. And it was a giant brawl in the cage. And I was like, all right, we need to know more about this, <laughs> this fucking thing. So when did you, when did you decide to really kind of take it seriously as a fighter?
1: I think I'd been doing it a while and like the, the, it's... It seems like an an offensive thing to say, but like the the motto, like Danny's motto, the AVT motto is we fight any c- cunt, which I don't... Yeah, know. say wherever you want, it's fine. <laughs> so their motto is we fight any cunt. So we always used to, you know, like take the fights like, oh, there's a fight tomorrow and so-and-so's dropped out. Yeah, we'll have it. And we that's, that's all we did, you know. And Like for years, I just did that and I just fought anyone. Like I fought, fuck it, it's, it's experience. You know, I'm old. I'm not going to be doing it for years, so I'm going to get the experience and then... Once it got closer to me turning pro, I was like, right, I need to, I need to, you know, I've got this is my last sort of run at it. I need to take it a bit more seriously and put put more into the training, more into the uh, dieting, um, and that that's sort of when I, you know, took it seriously.
0: I want to talk about some of your fights <laughs> because I fucking went crazy yesterday watching all your fights. And one of the main things, the funny, the not the funny, I have nothing but respect for anybody who goes into that cage. I could never do it. You got more heart than me. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying this with peace and love. <laughs> but you fought poor Nathan Roberts twice. <laughs> and, yeah. and, And I just I have to I have to talk about the the first Nathan Roberts fight. So Nathan Roberts is this young guy, six foot two, six foot two, out of Halifax, and you're five six. Yeah. When they when they and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna link this into the show notes. You you. you put him in a standing guillotine <laughs> to the point where you lifted him off the floor you're six foot you're four you're five foot six and then you lifted him off the floor standing in the first round
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's adrenaline isn't it?
0: <laughs> i mean it kind of defeats the laws of physics like i felt bad for him <laughs> but not as bad as the second time you fought him because they put you in, in with him another in a, in in like a year later, in a cage a cage steel FC yeah, those guys I don't know how they did this but this is this is an I'm gonna link this one too so in the in the fight they they uh, in the announcer you know introduces Nathan and then then they call in for honor. And then the greatest walkout song of all time comes on. How the fuck did you get War Pigs <laughs> as your walkout song?
1: Well, you could, you could put what you want on. And I was like, fucking walk. I'm a War Pig, so fucking. It. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's a good song. That
0: was the look on his face, the look on his face when he's in the ring. And then all of a sudden, War Pigs comes on. And Ozzy's in Black Sabbath, and I've had that to mankind. And then they, and then you made him wait.
1: Yeah, you made him
0: wait. And then the walk out, and you come in. And the funny thing about your fighting is you're always smiling. I could, you can tell that you're super psyched to be in there. Yeah, I just enjoy it. I think mean. <laughs> I think you enjoy. I can tell you enjoy it. But the thing is, is the differences between that fight. And some of your other fights is nathan knows nathan knows what happened the last fight <laughs> poor nathan knows and he's 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 the war pigs comes on you come in with your whole team you get in and i don't know it, it, of course you know the guy the uh the wonderful the, the guys at uh k uh cffc or whatever it is they kept calling you calgar which is they that's two two fights in a row ps that they they couldn't get your name right so the same guy kept calling you calgar now you have a number of different nicknames it's not just little evil yeah chopper yeah (laughs) chopper that was another one and then the scarborough ripper
1: yeah uh, who's coming up with these names <laughs> do you know the Scarborough Ripper one was I was at a show and the, he asked me my nickname and then someone was like just tell him it's Scarborough Ripper and I was like yeah I was Ripper and I didn't <laughs> I didn't actually expect him to, to to say it and he said it and then it, people announced it on a few other shows as well <laughs>
0: oh god all of a sudden I'm just like wait a second how many nicknames <laughs> this guy have it's so funny because it's like I always thought eh, you get one nickname and you stay with it
1: you know like like Chopper was from when I was in army because everyone said I looked like Chopper Reed um, and then little evil was because everyone said because I'm little and I'm evil when I'm fight when I, when I was straight instead I was evil, so he'd call me little evil. One of the things about all your fights that I've that I've that I've noticed is
0: I, my my favorite fighter is Daniel Cormier, and <laughs> you reminded me of Daniel Cormier so much because he fought bigger people everybody he's fighting is taller than him and everybody you fought is taller than you and also you're advancing as soon as the bell rings you 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 set the pace and you advance all the time it was really
1: amazing yeah strangely um <laughs> like pe- people at avt call me white call me <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah i
0: i can see it because like like here he's going into the second fight with with uh, nathan uh, roberts um
1: you, you, how did you beat him the second time? I think, I'm not sure if I guillotined him again, you
0: know. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> you guillotined enough? him again.
1: Um, you did something.
0: I I was just trying to remember what, how did, the first one was the guillotine, and the second one, I might, it wasn't an arm bar, was it? I uh, it might have been. Or it, was, it might have been a rear naked choke, I don't know. But your, like, grappling was so amazing, and this, this poor guy, man, he knew as soon as, I mean, he, I don't, I don't know why he signed on to do it again. Well,
1: after, you. I spoke to him after, and I remember him saying, he was like, oh, when, when we first fought, like, I thought I could beat you, but you caught me, so I thought, like, this time I'm going to beat him. And I was like... Dude, he threw one kick. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, he man.
0: Threw, <laughs> he threw... Dude, I he threw one kick, and the, he got it... He did better than the first time. He still lost in the first part. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... I mean, so when you're training for a fight, I mean, how long were your
1: fight camps? Um, So there'd probably be, like, say um eight weeks out something like that so you start it'd be in like levels so like uh eight weeks out i'd start training but not as hard and then once it gets to six weeks that's when your diet uh goes up a little bit well it goes down <laughs> and then you, you train a bit harder um up until like say the the week before the fight everything slows down and then that's your final cut now were you working at all in between
0: training or No no I did was just I
1: was sleeping in in Danny's gym in in, uh, in Thorn just sleeping upstairs in in boxing gym <laughs> Did you did you what
0: did you th- did you think because I mean you're you are you when you fight you don't look like nathan roberts i mean nathan didn't look like he would even wanted to be there to be honest with you and no disrespect to him i'm with you you're the pride of halifax as far as i'm concerned <laughs> but i mean but i mean you i could tell you seem very loose all your fights you seem very loose you're happy you're smiling you're with your whole team and you've been with your team since the beginning you know you had never left your team
1: Nah, no, but I, i'm i'm pretty loyal to the team like i was with i was at tukata for a few years at the start and then once the like T's like the, it's, I'd say it's probably one of the best teams in the UK. You know, like um, huh. it's 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 in Yorkshire as well, which is where I live. So it's it was like the only option. And like, Danny's a good guy. You know, he's he's looked after me a lot. Uh, he's helped me out a lot through through times as well. So it's it's sort of like it's more like a family. You know, like I don't really yeah. have any friends in Scarborough. All my friends are in Leeds and 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 stuff. <laughs>
0: how funny is danny <laughs> i was on, on his instagram he did two videos two self-defense videos <laughs> yeah from the bathroom
1: <laughs> yeah with well, rico yeah the the toilet defense it was because it i don't uh, have you seen uh, it's a british thing there's like a thing called defense lab and it's like these stupid self-defense techniques where they're like yeah and people do it and that they, they charge people for it and that so it was sort of like a, a joke of that but they actually got a lot of stick for that like people were like yeah, yeah why would you have a why would you have a gun in the toilet and why would you uh, toilet roll won't really work for self defense. <laughs> wow,
0: well, see that's it's, this is why it's so great. So Danny Danny is a big dude. Yeah. A big tall dude. He's he's standing in the bathroom and with a straight face he did two of these. They're fantastic. He says if you get in a fight in the bathroom and then the first one he says first you're sitting down he takes both he always starts off he takes his pants down and he's sitting on the toilet and the attacker always comes in when he's on the shitter and then the one one was the guy had a gun so uh bon bon had a gun and then and then Danny takes a roll of toilet paper puts it over the barrel of the gun and like turns it around gets it out of his hands he's still on the toilet and then he says that the toilet paper roll is now the silencer of the gun. And then at the end, the attacker always ends up in the bathtub. And if you don't kill him, you can just turn the tub on and drown him. <laughs> Fucking awesome!
1: And he's straight faced the whole time. Yeah, he's got, he's got, he's a, he's a funny guy. And yeah, uh, I don't know, how he does it to be honest, because i uh, you know, you can try and t- 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 like keep your face pretty straight, but he can just do it, and it's like,
0: oh my. Uh. I mean, I'm like looking at him and him was like, how the hell is he, he's, he's trying, and at one, at one, there's one move where you spin the guy around and you pull your pants up and turn, and flush the toilet too. It was fucking awesome. I can't believe he got sick. It's just too funny. I, I could, but I could totally tell how you guys have this kind of, you know, family. There was a, one of the fights you had that I fucking loved. I think it might be my favorite. I want to know what your favorite fight, I actually, I want to know what your favorite fight was.
1: Um, it's an unrecorded fight, actually. Like they haven't got the recording. Um, the guy's in the UFC now. I thought amateur. Um, he's he's a wrestling. He, he he was a Commonwealth wrestler. I think he got a uh, Commonwealth bronze at wrestling. So no one wanted to fight him. Um, I, can't, I can't even think of his name now. You know. Uh, and in fact, he's the wrestling coach for Darren Till at uh, that that team. What what Darren Till's at? Uh, Cowbond.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know the name of the wrestling. Coach. I, 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 I only know the guy from. uh I know Izzy from the John Jones's wrestling guy, but that's about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he, well, he's British, so no, no one will really know him. He's fr- from Liverpool, but he's in the UFC now. He fights it, but no one wanted to fight him. And I was like, like Danny was like, obviously do you want to take it. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so would Danny book all your fights? Yeah, yeah. He's like our manager. Um, so they the, all these fight clubs would
0: call all the g- different gyms and then they and then he would just kind of like
1: parcel out the fights uh do you know what like everyone knows to ring danny if they need a fighter for a fight which is hard they'd like straight on the phone to danny they like yeah because you will fight any <laughs> kind you've already <laughs> just you, it's in the rule it's, it's in the it's in the name on the top of the address yeah. so tell me about the fight well it beat everyone like in the first round and i got in there and my grappling sort of counted his wrestling. I mean, he was a strong wrestler. He, he beat me, but in the second round, I hit him like, and I think I do have a picture somewhere. I hit him and his knees go out. There's a picture where his knees are bent. And and I remember every time, like, Danny will shout somewhere and I'll just listen. But this time, Danny was like, attack him, attack him. And I turned and I look at Danny and I'm like, what? And then the time's gone, you know, I'd wobbled him and I had the opportunity to finish him and I just didn't... Uh, and I went the distance. He lost the decision, but it's like the the thing is like Danny came up and I was I felt pretty gutted. I thought fuck I, I should have really won it. You know he couldn't finish me, um, but but like Danny was like would look, just look at him and then we looked over at him and none of them were smiling. We were all smiling. It's like who's who's really won here? You know, you know you you won you've got that one on your record, but yeah. That's the
0: one thing about you all of your fights is it's 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 all action. You put it all out there, you know. I I even though all the fights that go to decision you're just like, god damn, he is fucking game. My favorite fight that I saw of yours was against Callum Gag Gagan. Oh, Callum
1: Gagan, yeah.
0: Gagan. I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> this is another one. But this one, I think you're chopper in this one. I don't know if they're I don't know what they called you in this one. They, oh, this one was a little evil. This is little evil. And I, I kinda wanna get back into, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about this, but I want to like at this point in your life, that's when you're starting to do the uh, the YouTube channel as well, mm, right? Yeah. So I want to talk about this fight, and then I want to f- find out about how we got into the— because now you're into it. You're totally into it. So the the Col- um the Colin Gagan fight—Gagan, whatever. His name, I'm sorry. <laughs> He—the um, amazing thing is you knocked him—the big thing is, is in the beginning, you knocked him down, and then— Somehow he you ended up on your back, and then you had him, and then you wobbled him from the bottom. He was about to put in a heel hook. It seemed as though or a toe hold or something. Yeah. And it seemed like within a couple of seconds something happened, and then there's this moment where the tide changes, and then you fucking wobbled the shit out of him. Do you remember that fight? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What happened was I, I I hit him and he like I knocked him down, and then I just got too carried away and I ran forward. To like mount his back, fell off his back, <laughs> well, that, <laughs> and <laughs> that's what—that's
0: right. The the guy says, "Oh, he went too high." Yeah, that you went, you went too high on the on the on the.
1: But then I was like confident of like grappling him off my back anyway. Like I I'll probably be a better grappler off my back than than he is on the top, um, and like he was a real strong grappler. I was, that was one thing I was worried about in that fight. Like he, I think he'd finished everyone he'd fought um, by submission before then, um, and yeah. The thing is, with a heel hook, as you're trying to sink it in, like, I was on my back, I was trying to footlock him at the same time, and it's sort of a 50-50 thing, and whoever cranks it on, but I knew at that point, I looked at him, and just before he's about to chuck his body back for the heel hook, you lean forward, you know, to get that motion, and that's when I just fucking swiped, like, I swung like a Hail Mary left hook and and fucking i just saw him crumble you know he just fucking went. that was <laughs>
0: that was an incredible moment because from what i understand that's a very difficult thing to do is to get a really good shot from the back oh right? yeah
1: yeah I, was, I don't know how i got like the the power i got from there i, I just managed to time it right and and get the, a good swing on it and it it was like i was surprised myself when it happened and he went i was like fuck and then yeah <laughs> That was fucking. That was a fucking awesome fight. And
0: the best part was to me, was at the end when your team comes in, and uh, Rico, yeah. Bon Bon Franco says, calls in, and with the camera on, he calls you the Turkish fucking meathead, <laughs> and then the the Turkish Diaz brother. He said, "Here for you." I could tell, the brotherhood and like the love that your your team has for you, and I can only imagine. If you're cage side with your team and you're cornering them or whatever, I can't imagine the excitement of that they had for you, and you're out of your fucking mind anyway. You're hopping around and you're super excited. I mean, that was an awesome win. Yeah. I mean, that was an incredible. That was an incredible fight. That must. What is the feeling like when you're in the position like that, where you're not in the you're not in a
1: great position, and then you just turn it around and then win the whole thing? Yeah, it was good to be honest. Like for that fight, because it was like. Uh, that was like my, my third pro fight. I was like undefeated at that point. So I was like, I was starting to get nervous, you know, like, fuck, what if I lose? And he was a good grappler and grappling's my strength and he's real tall right. and gangly. And it's like, fuck. Oh, you know, like, what if I actually lose this? I was, I, I was pretty scared for that fight. Um, but, Were you two in a row at that point? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was my third, that was my third win uh, at pro. But yeah, it was... It was weird because I knocked him out off the floor, and I looked at the referee, and he was like, "Ah, stopping it." So then I had to elbow him, and i you know, like I've, I've, I felt so guilty after that because I fucking like everyone was like buzzing because they were like they were like elbows, <laughs> and I like yeah. I ran down, I think like four elbows on his fucking head, and he was out, and like that's when I was like, "Yeah, he's out," and they stopped the fight. But.
0: One of the main, one of the great things about you as an athlete and as just a sportsman is you tried to revive him too. That was the fight where you raised his legs oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. To try to bring him too. I mean I I think that the the what I I loved about your fights are how the respect that you have for all your guys. Even when you 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 know, you put poor Nathan Roberts in a in a in a standing guillotine, you lift him up off his off his, I think I don't know if you were trying to be nice or trying to show him you lift him up twice in one <laughs> fucking night, the poor guy. I mean you lift him up to like, you know, it was just like <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking if I'm naked, Nathan Roberts I'm just like hey how many times this guy to lift me up off my off my feet you know
1: I, th- I think like as much as it's a sport and, like, well it is a sport like I spoke to uh, Callum after and, and he like his, his corner man was like oh I can't believe how nice you are and I was like well, yeah cause like we're the fighters and the promotion guys right. don't give a fuck about us really you know they just want us to knock each other out and earn their money from people watching it they don't care so we've got to care for each other and that's that's my opinion on that you know I know some people have like the rivalry, and then there's some people who like to argue, and but it's it's just not my thing. Like, I I into the the crap. And plus, you know, like if you if you gobbing off and you're trying to be all clever, and then you get knocked out, you just you look like more of a tit, and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. People, I mean, the majority of people are there watching you because they want to see you lose. They're not there because they like you. I'd rather I'd rather people just see me for me. You know, I'm I'm not gonna pull out all the fake stuff and and try and argue and that.
0: Well, I mean, it's I, I I must I must say that you know I I totally I I feel I, well, especially now, you know a, a fighter's life an athlete's life is so short, mm. especially a fighter's life. I, I can't think of uh, I don't think of an uh, any athlete who has to train as hard as a as a fighter. I, ju- I just don't see. It. I mean, it's just. I remember when I was in junior high school wrestling, I'd never felt more tired in my life. Um, doing you know wrestling, oh, yeah. uh, you know, even junior varsity. Wrestling's I mean, it's so just hard. like. It's just, it was just, and I was out of shape, but it's like, I remember my eyeball, I feel like my eyeballs fell out of my head. <laughs> and and it, and there's such a short lifespan on fighters and you watch these fighters and you're just, they're so dominant and dominant and dominant. And then all of a sudden, it's like age catches up. And what I worry for, especially this past year, is like, what do these kids do who, they had their, 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 you know, the, the chances of you becoming a Conor McGregor are almost impossible. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like, it's so, time is not on your side you have to be you have to be active you have to be fighting a lot what do you do when there's a, you know the coronavirus happens all of a sudden there's lockdown
1: you lose a whole year yeah it's it's pretty shit. like i know it's been pretty hard like on danny and like all all those lads because his gym's shut you know you can get like a dispensation for fighters but there's no fucking shows on so people aren't fighting right like there's obviously there's there's, there's the ufc guys fighting but they've all gone to They've all moved on to one gym, you know. Like the lads who are fighting in UFC just because that's the gym. What's what can stay open, you know? It's easier or all going to one gym and training together than, than being at individual gyms where people can't right. go there and train because they're not allowed. It's, it's 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 ridiculous, really. And there's no like sort of there's been no help for it in the UK, you know. It's it, it's a strange thing because if you're fit and healthy, you're gonna fight off a virus a lot better. But they, you know, like they do. It's it's just it's
0: it's just because i mean this especially because you don't have much time left Mm. and you know you look at these fighters who are maybe they're in their 30s and then they're thinking to myself what am i going? am i really going to go for i'm not going to be you know the dana white's not going to call me up at 37 after i've done i just feel like i feel like the the tragedy for these elite athletes is losing a year is losing more than a year yeah it's their legacy yeah it's it's, their career it's their
1: dream especially like the you know like for the bigger guys it's not too bad a lot of the bigger guys you'll you can you can fight on it you know to an older age you know like look at Randy Coteau, but the smaller guys it's worse because when you're small it's your it's your reflexes it's you know like up at the bigger it's more like brute strength so you can just uh, they are skilled you know i'm not saying they're not skilled but at right. the smaller weights it's, it's it's a lot harder there's a lot more there's young people who are faster and that they're coming up you know it don't last as long when you're younger it's 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 a lot harder i think when you're smaller to to stay around but
0: you see it you see it with you see how you know how things change with with fighters especially the small ones i know i know that you know you'd always think i mean speak as a fan i mean i mean, I have never i've never the, when i root for people and it's always from the heart it's never from the brain mm-hmm. and and i always know that like if you're going to watch a heavyweight fight it's not going to go all three rounds usually yeah you know it's like <laughs> you see you see so i can totally understand like that brute strength that comes out in the you know the first round second round or whatever um but it i just it just to me it's like especially now and when i look at what you're doing um you started two, you started your youtube channel about the time you 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 put it on old nathan roberts <laughs> and i was wondering so like you know you're still doing these amateur fights and professional fights local fights what 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 possessed you to just start to do oh, you know what maybe i should think about something else
1: um i just sort of did it as a side thing like it was in between fights you know like i was at home and my missus was at work and it's like well what shall i do so I was, i'll was i just I'll record some videos yeah you, you know like when when you first started you you don't ever think it's gonna be anything. Spent. Well, I don't know other people might, but like I never thought it's gonna boom. You know, I didn't think all oh, people are gonna start watching. Just me, I'm just a guy from Scarborough doing stupid shit on a video. You know, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't stupid shit. It was like you were doing these these videos that I, you know, regardless of what people say, I mean, you do you're doing something that's not frivolous. You're you're showing people, oh, you know, restoring a hammer or an axe or whatever vice or something. You're, show, you're giving some people some kind of like, you know, there is a degree of teaching, you know, and I, even if it's like you don't think it is, you know, you're you're showing somebody that they can do this, they can restore these things. And I'm just, and it's just interesting to me that you would, you know, like in between camps and you're waiting around is the thought to do these videos or,
1: I mean, you've done a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, I've got a lot of videos up there. I've slowed down a lot now, but yeah, the, I used to put one up every week, like before when I had more time and then the, the 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 less time I got, the, uh, I slowed down a bit more. But it, it's like, um, I suppose it got to the point where I did want to have a gym, my own gym, and train and teach at a gym. But then it's like, there's so many gyms. in I live in a little town and a gym just ain't going to be that popular in Scarborough. So, And then obviously the channel got better. So it's like, right. And people are picking, like, placing orders. So it's it's like, well, that's, you know, it's it's just, it's, I suppose it's like, Someone shined a light on a different a different course. Uh, you just go off on that road, you know. The, this is
0: the thing that I'm noticing. Like uh, with a lot of makers, like there's this like a uh, there's like this fork in the road, and some people are taking it, and some people aren't taking it. And the ones that take it are like, I feel like with especially with you. I mean, you're you know I, I don't know in your your mindset. I, I could tell that you can tell that the the love that you have with your guys, uh, with um your team. I can see you can see it you can see how excited they all are when you're winning and they can see just everything about it was just really like you can tell that it's a family yeah. and to the fact is is like unfortunately it's you, i think that a lot of fighters have this idea and it's very similar to knife makers it's very similar to makers in general they see these people they want to idolize or be the fight game is so i can't imagine how hard it is and to be able to to you to kind of transition into something different i mean it's remarkable (laughs) i've never never really
1: looked at it like that
0: (laughs) i mean it is because i mean you you see these guys their fight life is their game and then all of a sudden you found something and now you got the funny thing is, is i was watching all these videos and I was watching the the, the flea bag calling you Calgar, and the one fucking guy. Well, I tell you what, this one joke was the worst of them all. And I gotta find the one. Uh, which fight was it? Oh, it was fucking Will Carnes <laughs> when when you when you armbarred Will Carnes in the first round. Another highlight fight. I'm gonna put that in. <laughs> I'm gonna put the Nathan Roberts one. Uh, Callum Gaggin, when you're fighting Will Carn, and you got a, a first round armbar, which was awesome. It was an awesome fight. The fucking commentary guy <laughs> obviously had some sort of joke in mind. And they're starting off and mo- most of these guys probably have to have figure something out something to say. So one guy says, Here's a little known fact about owner Calgar. He's has the title of the most tattoos in in in, in Scarsboro or it was the. It was like nobody. his even his other guy. Nobody laughed. It was the lamest joke. I was just like, God damn, dude, this is what this fucking guy has to deal with it. for the rest of his life. He's gonna have this <laughs> shitty joke. Oh, well, here's a fun fact. He got. He has the title of the most tattoos in this town. So stupid. <laughs> but I mean, what it says to me is fascinating. Is the fact that you were able to kind of like. When I see what you've done with the fighting and the fightings, the, your fights are so pro. You look like you're in complete command of what you're trying to do. You're always advancing forward. Your grappling's awesome, even when you're in these tough spots. You, you're not. You're not counted out. You, with with what you went through in the in the armed forces and what you went through in fighting, you. I, it's very clear to me that you have. You're very accepting of discipline and accepting of techniques because you, even in fighting. You're the te- You have to trust the techniques because otherwise, you're gonna get your face punched. In. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, so so that it's so it seems to me like it was very easy for you to like accept the teachings and accept the 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 information needed to make knives.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, I, it's it's weird. Like I, I do take on information from a strange like. Uh, with 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 regards to the knives, like I've never done a knife course. I've never been showed how to make knives. I've I've just um learned from reading and watching stuff. Uh, That's amazing. Ask, to asking questions when I need to ask questions because you
0: have. Between all the milling that you do, I know you you use you 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 put in um, like fullers with the mill. Man. You do everything that you've done, especially the the work is very the work is very, uh, work is very uh, elegant. And there's I, I'm surprised that I mean it doesn't make it doesn't surprise me that you that you haven't taken any classes, but I can tell this is like the first time where you can learn this technique without having to worry about the consequences your the physical consequences of not knowing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be in war and I can't imagine what it's like to be in a cage with people hooting and hollering. <laughs> and there's a chance that you might just get your, you might just get beaten up.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, obviously it's different from my perspective because I don't really look at it. in that. <laughs> well, what's your perspective? Well, I don't know. Like I don't, it's weird because people like, I, I do have people who are like, Oh, it, it sounds scary. You know, like, the war and people like oh it sounds scary I'm like well it's not really scary like oh when you first got shot at what did you do you know were you scared and I was like well no we were laughing like I remember when we were laughing and like oh no and it's weird because it's just it's just a total different perspective which I don't see because I don't live that perspective you know and it's the same with the fighting obviously the people people who are like oh I couldn't do that it's it's scary like I wouldn't want to get punched and I'm like well it's it's not really something I think about when I'm doing it that
0: said i really want to talk about one fight that i didn't like and i didn't like it because i was rooting for you and i was rooting for you because i just i mean there's you you represent everything about fighters that i liked you were had this degree of being an underdog you were shorter than all of them and you were fucking game as hell when you got what was it like getting the the kane musa fight on short notice
1: (laughs) yeah his opponent dropped out and it was it was on like a big Uh, He's a big, big, uh, like, he's a big-name guy in the UK. I think he was ranked, like, second or third at the time, Um, and no one else would fight him. Danny obviously rang me. In fact, I'm looking at exactly where I was stood when I got the phone call, because I was like, I need to check how much I weigh, because they said, oh, you need to be in this amount of weight, uh, close to his weight, and, yeah, it's... I, that was the one fight where I didn't advance forward like I stayed back and I don't know why like and that's that sort of was the that's what became sort of the floor in the game you know he he advanced forward and he' he's, he's just fucking so strong <laughs> like he, he <laughs> took me down and everything I tried I just could not get up it, it felt like it like it felt like he was like five times heavier than what what he looked you know well but they, I don't think I'm some of my the listeners might not understand this so when you have a
0: full camp I mean you might have a few months or at least a few a number of weeks getting a call in short notice is like somebody drops out and They're looking for someone to fill in because they don't want to th- scrap the card especially this guy's you know Whatever he's number two or yeah. whatever. how much time how much notice did you have
1: for the fight? Man. He rang me and I had less than 24 hours because Kane had already weighed in and he was rehydrating and that's why they said to me. So I think it was maybe um, maybe 16 hours or something like that. How, were, you, were you on weight? I, I, had to, I had to go in the bath because at this point, I think I'd had maybe two weeks off training because uh, I can't think why. I was just maybe just having time off. So I'd been eating loads of shit. I'd put on weight, but I had to go get a salt bath and cut... Um, Four kilos, I think. Something like that. How was that what is what is weight cutting like? It's it's
0: absolutely disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing is there was an interview with you I went interview with you with this guy. You, I, you just finished. You just, you were just. They pulled you out of grappling or sparring, and you said to the guy, "says What's the worst thing about this?" And he's like, "Well, you know, it's the worst thing is when I go home, I go to every single takeaway shop on the way home. Like I hit every fucking single one. <laughs> That's why I like to eat the shit. That was so funny. you were just like, I'll go to every one. I'll get someone every fucking shop on the way home. I'll
1: spend all my fight for somewhere on yeah, the edge. Fucking gone
0: So so how much did you, how much did the salt bath take out of weight take Yeah, i've got
1: i got um, I, the thing is because because I've been eating loads of shit like you i I've been eating loads of carbs, so you return a lot of water uh so luckily it was easy you know I got in the salt bath i think I was in there an hour um I lost two kilos in the first hour and then oh my God. and then i think it was going in like half a kilo every half an hour um and then once I got out I just had to get on scales uh Get it confirmed like so you, live, you know, live stream it so they, they saw me on the scale, so they knew how much I weighed. And then
0: oh, so you 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 weighed in how many hours after you got the call? Um,
1: uh, I've been maybe five hours after. Oh my god, it was so you pretty. You had to drop it, how many? It was pretty late at night. That's when they did it. it was like really late at night, but it, I wanted to be sure. You know, like they didn't want me to be fucking massive.
0: Now, are you getting any, like, are they giving you any, like, I don't want to talk about compensation, but are you, like, are they thanking you? Are you getting any, you know, thanks
1: for saving this card? Yeah, the, to be honest, like, Kane's, Kane's a nice guy. After he was, like, thanks so much, he was, like, I fucking trained hard for this fight, and he was, like, you know, I needed it. Um. I, so he, he was really, the guy who, who ran the show, He was he's a, like, real nice guy, and he, he was, like, really appreciative of, of it, you know. It was. It's. It's not even like. It's not even just that. It was like the taking the fight. Like I remember the feeling, like they've taken the fight, and everyone's like, everyone's treating me like a god. You know, <laughs> people were like posting yeah. statuses and that.
0: <laughs> Dude, they were, when they when they did the walkout, when they did your walkout, they were saying, "This is a guy who took who is going to face somebody who's had a full fight camp. He's taking this on short notice, less than twenty four hours. You got to give it to to Honor Caglar." I, and what I didn't like about the fight was, I'll tell you what I didn't like about the fight. I didn't like the fact that Kane didn't touch your gloves. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just, I felt like he, I felt like you deserved a little bit more respect because you took this, fu- I mean, this guy is a fucking murderer. And I felt like, I felt like he went a little bit extra on you to prove a point And I hated that.
1: Yeah. Am I wrong? No, it, it was it was a weird thing. Like, especially like he's. I looked at him from there, like, uh, and I was like, "Fuck, he's a big dude. He's fucking he's big. a huge guy." <laughs> I thought, and I, at that point, I thought, "Oh, he's he's small." Like, I've seen him fight other people who I've stood next to, you know. And I thought he's he's not even that big. Like, he's not going to be that big. And then when I was stood opposite side at cage, and I was like, "Fucking Jesus Christ!" I generally thought <laughs> like, "This guy's like a heavyweight." <laughs> <laughs> or
0: <laughs> he looked; his shoulders were huge, and at the end, when he had you on the ground, I felt like he was like his whole body was opening up like this, like massive dragon. I was just
1: like, "There's just no way these guys are the same weight." Yeah. there's no Honestly, way. I've, like I've wrestled big guys, I've wrestled heavyweights, and none of them have felt as heavy and as, as as strong as he was. Like he was like he was on form there. He felt so I could I just couldn't even move. You know, like, I couldn't even get any sort of space to try and get out. To be honest, when they stopped the fight, I felt like I could have kept going. His shots were landing on my arms. I was defending myself, but I wouldn't have got out of that position. It had taken me to end it round. Obviously, I'm going to be biased and say, well, let me go to the end of the round. I I would have done it, but it has still beat me. You know, he's a a good guy. He's a top-level guy, but it would have been nice to just go a few more rounds for him.
0: I thought the commentators were very fair with you where they said that, you know, Honor has nothing nothing to gain. I mean, nothing to lose. He only has to gain by being. Yeah. I really appreciated the fact that they were very uh reverential towards you in regards to just saying, look, you know, Kane's got to win this thing. He's got everything to lose. You know, Honor just got off the couch. And he got he got nothing to lose. I just I just I don't know. I, that fight was like an intense fight. Um I don't know. I just bothered me that I just did. I felt like you deserved a little bit more recognition from from. Kane. I think the problem was maybe.
1: though, and the reason why he didn't touch gloves was because in his last fight he got knocked out, and then when he was doing the research because I took the fight, he saw the Callum Gagan fight, and then he was a bit like, oh, you know what I mean? Like it was a, a, playing on him a bit, and I think that's why I feel like that's why he didn't touch gloves. I feel like he's he maybe just fought right and he just gets straight into it, you know? No. Sp-
0: Oh, because because I mean they had that 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 Callum fight because you were able to get him off the off the off your back. Yeah. That means he can't fuck around with you at all. And all of a sudden, I mean that was that was a pretty extraordinary moment in your career. And imagine that win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, tell me about your last fight because I couldn't find it. Tell me about Lewis Loftus.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't think they had a film crew there. Um it it was it, i'd say it was a good fight i went in there i did loads of boxing training for it cuz he's he's a boxer uh and i i did real well i i i outstruck him on the feet and he took me down and <laughs> which is the worst idea like he's not a grappler he's a boxer he took me down and um i can't think what i got him a banana split which is a tenth planet Eddie bravo look um, at you the the thing is before that danny danny said to me he was like Cause I was, I was a blue belt at the time. And Danny was like, if you twister him, I will give you your purple belt. And I was like, fucking nice one. And I remember getting him going towards the twister and I just banana splitted him. Cause I thought, Oh, Danny offered me under for some reason at the time I was sat there going, Oh, Danny said I could have a hundred quid. And I thought I ain't really so asked So what's about the
0: banana it. split? What's the banana split? I know the, tw- I know, I know, I know the electric chair. I know so Eddie Bravo some of you guys know he's a with Joe Rogan he goes on Joe Rogan all the time. He started 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. His famed his claim to fame was he beat uh Hoyler yeah. Gracie uh when he was a brown belt I think in a in a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fight. And then they I don't know if you saw the rematch. Game again. <laughs> fucking it was fucking nuts. Yeah. He had he had Hoyler Twisted up, like, in every single position you could see. And at the end of the fight, I think they called it a draw, but it was very clear that Eddie yeah. won. He's, he's known for like incredible flexibility and, you know, his, his head, his legs over his head and he's using these, like he's using his flexibility in order to kind of get more chokeholds. So he has created this whole system, which is more about flexibility and, and, you know, he has these crazy names. Like, you know, I I remember,
1: I remember just reading about it and stuff like that, but uh, what's the banana split? Uh, the banana splits where his, so I, I was at the point where his right leg is, intertwined so i'd lock my legs up with his right leg so that he's doing the splits pretty much and i have his left leg in my arm so his ass is on my belly and then i pull it it's like a groin tear so and then you can go from the twister there by grabbing his arm which is closest to you and putting my and putting it around my neck and then um going around his head and pulling that in which sort of cranks your body
0: did you did you did it was that the submission that
1: you won with the, the just the banana split but danny wanted me to get the twister and i fucking didn't go for it and i wish i had done
0: <laughs> so did you get the purple did he acquiesce and give you the purple no, i belt?
1: didn't but a, a few like before the lockdown before the original lockdown i did i earned my purple belt then so it was, it's not too bad <laughs> congratulations yes
0: <laughs> i i you know what's funny is i, I I'm, I'm gonna i reached out to you know holly loftus is Loftus knives she used to work for with Blenheim Forge. Ah, uh, the
1: name She's well. a, she's
0: yeah, I asked her if she was related to Louis Loftus. <laughs> Because I was really hoping that there, I, I was really hoping that your last fight, you were going to be, beat the family member of another knife maker. For some reason, I just, I thought that would be really funny. And I reached out to Holly and I was just like, Do you know who Lewis Loftus is? And she goes, No. I see sure he's not related to you at all? And she goes, No. I so well, She says, Who is he? I was like, Well, he's his fighter. And I said, And she says, Well, maybe, maybe I should ask him to, to buy a knife. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he, maybe he should represent the family name by buying a knife. And I'm like, Look, he just lost his last fight. Don't, don't, i was gonna try to i was gonna make it seem like he was her brother and she was at ringside but it didn't seem like it was a good idea but turns so So she, the funny part was is holly was just like maybe you should buy a knife i'm like leave the guy alone he just lost the fight for christ's sakes don't try to fucking hit him up for a knife just because you have the same name <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like that's not, this is the worst thing to do but i mean that was your last it was, it, was that your last yeah fight? that was my last one. Yeah and and did you do you think i mean did you did you feel like did you want that to be your last fight or do you think you want to do it again
1: oh, i did want to do it again i i sort of like i'm at a weird point in my life now where I, I like boxing i like i like tie boxing and i like wrestling grappling sort of i like that as well but i have like certain bits which i really enjoy so i, I like years ago, I boxed when I was in the army, and um, I enjoyed that. And I feel like if I had another fight, I'd maybe have a kickboxing fight or a a, a Thai boxing fight or just a boxing fight. I would like to do that because I feel like when you're a bit older, you don't, you know, some of these young people now they're f- so fast on like on the floor grappling. And I feel like that it's you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really have the advantage there, but I'd like to still maybe I just have a box and play around. I still I still do I bits of training. Well, when we're not in a lockdown,
0: I can imagine that you're going to stick around with your team because, like, you've you've been with them for so long and you've created this incredible relationship. And the highs have got to. be I mean, I can't imagine better highs than winning in a, a spectacular fashion arm bars and guillotines and and and. I mean, your 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 the, the, your your highlight reel is. I can't imma- I can't imagine the, the 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 feeling that you have, and now. I'm just so happy that you don't have to fucking fight for money. Like you make knives, you make beautiful knives. You do, you and now we're going to kind of transition into the like I feel like you almost like you got the you got the golden parachute because you're not forced to be a trainer or something like that. You can you can do everything on your own. You have this beautiful new shop. You do you you make beautiful videos. They're fun. And well, let's get into let's get into the number one. And you know when I started looking at all your videos and looking at all the numbers, I was like, ah, 16,000, sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you see fifty seven million views of the fucking chain axe. Yeah, fifty seven million views. And then I looked at your, and then I looked at your subscribers. You got know, five hundred thousand plus subscribers. And then I looked at Cage <laughs> Cage Steel FC with like no follow I mean like 5,000 followers I'm like honor fucking did it because he doesn't have to deal with these motherfuckers anymore what what made you what what tell me what do you think it is about that you you took a chain you took an axe you took the handle off you got some chain you mig welded the, the links together you put it all together how did you get 57 million views? Oh,
1: you know, if I, if I knew that, I'd be doing it every week. It's such. <laughs> the, the strange thing <laughs> is, right? I was doing a casting video, like, I was melting brass and doing a brass cast, and the weather was shit, so I couldn't finish it off. So I turned it all off, and I'd had an order from America where a guy was like, I want a throwing axe, but I want it to have a chain handle. So I was like, I was just going to make it because I thought oh, it's quick and easy making, I'll make it, send it off. But because the casting video didn't work out, and I needed to put a video up. I thought, oh, well, I'll just film this. And I just did it Oh, You know, I didn't think anything of it. Just filmed it, put it up, and then boom. I was like, whoa, this is something which wasn't even going to happen.
0: I mean, so, so did you send it to the guy in America?
1: He's, yeah, well, he's, I, I sent him the, I, I the act, yeah, and then he's had the link. He, he spoke to me again recently because it booms every now and again. Like, I've had recently, I've had another, like, I think five million views on it or something, and then just before Christmas, it had... Um, I can't think how many million? I think maybe twenty well, million. I think it had before Christmas. Met more views.
0: But see, this is when I talk to uh, to YouTubers. I am always this, the whole thing is is like, what what makes these things viral? And that video, I wonder if it's the. You, I know it, I probably got shared by these like I don't I'm, I'm just assuming it got shared by like these websites that use you know there are these Facebook websites like L- L- Lad Bible, LA Bible or whatever the Lad Bible or something like that where they share these videos of interest because it's good for them but then it becomes an extraordinary for you. And that's what happened with Jess, Oeta. She, they they shared or was it I don't remember what channel but a channel shared her video and there was like an explosion but. <sighs> That fucking chain axe is haunting it's got to haunt you now yeah, it's... <laughs> i mean fifty seven million
1: that's more than most videos in general yeah, it's crazy I think that takes up the majority of views that I've got on like I'd never it took me i have a really early video and it took maybe two years to get my first i I kept seeing other channels getting millions of views on some you know it's it's weird with YouTube a lot of people you're not going to get a million every single. Uh, video unless you like a big channel you know and um, right. so I, I was seeing other people get the odd video where it hit a million i had one video hit a million and then i was like yep, yeah, buzzing yeah that's happened and and then i think not long after that that's when the chain act one did and then it's just it just mammoths any other video that i've got i think the next one down's probably seven million which is you know like it's just a massive vast difference well, because, I mean, I think, because the the only
0: video I've ever been involved with, and it makes me never want to do another <laughs> video game, because I can't ever, I can't ever do something, I can't ever get, I mean, we got 4 million views on that Epicurious video, and I'm just like, I ain't going to beat that, so what's the point? <laughs> it, it. What happened was, a funny story, weird story, but funny story was, I had gotten a message from my kid, who's, at the time, I guess she was in, like, middle school or something like that, and she says, Dad, one of my friends says that your video's trending on in the in the top ten. Yeah. So at the time it was like top ten. My my I had to have a fucking middle schooler tell me because I didn't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really following along. And then Tony Bourdain killed himself. Yeah. And it was like part I love Tony Bourdain, but part of me was just like couldn't just hold off a little longer dude i mean i was like i mean i don't mean to be a dick but it was just like i was trending in top 10 for a while and you had to go and do that you could not you know hung out a little bit
1: longer
0: just wait a little bit i mean it's just like god but i i can imagine that with with the especially the chain axe video it gets into like the top 10 it had to have gotten in like top 10 views on youtube yeah. right
1: and I, I think that it's 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 weird because I've never I speak to a lot of YouTubers and a lot of them say once a video's had its views, it stops and that's it. It won't But like I know someone did like a chained sword and if I go on my analytics it says where all the views are coming from. So when the chain sword's been it's well, it's not a chain sword, it's a sword made a samurai sword made from a chain, you know, forged from a chain. Right. And whenever people are watching that, my chain axe is the obviously the next thing up in chain related and people are coming from that to that. So whenever anyone makes right. anything chain related, I get, a, I get a load of views. So if anyone wants to make a viral chain related video, <laughs> feel free. You're all in.
0: <laughs> feel free.
1: Because I mean, I
0: mean, I can't imagine what the, what the kind of, I mean, I'm not asking you what, what, it, what you got paid for it. But I would imagine YouTube, because I know that YouTube sends money for based on views. The
1: unfortunate thing <laughs> about it is, <laughs> I always say this, right? Every video that I have, which is a good earner, doesn't do very well. And all the poor earning videos do well. Unfortunately. Why is that? I don't know. It's strange. I feel like maybe YouTube just hates me. So <laughs> 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 But I think uh, with, with with the Chain Axe, it was under 10 minutes. And when it first boomed, you couldn't put adverts. Well, you could put adverts on, but it was only at the start. So it was it was a really poor earner. And... And because it's an axe, it's low earnings, like it's low uh, CPM.
0: Does that mean because it's like deemed like a yeah, weapon so or something? Like, like, like all that, my they... video,
1: the, I think they usually say you get about a thousand pound, a thousand dollars per million views. But because of my content, I'm varying at the most four hundred dollars per million. But on that axe video, I mean, at the start when I seen it booming, I was like excited, but. I think it was maybe getting like 150 to 200 dollars um, per million, which was it was really it was really low, but it's still a good owner, you know. And and recently I've been able to put ads on it, so it's it's back up to the the thousand dollars per billion. Wow! So
0: this is like I mean this has got to be like, I I I I love this story because you know you've been through you've been through the ringer in terms of like all the things that you've done there are consequences to not doing the right thing. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying the right thing. I'm saying consequences to your actions, like either, you know, in war or in fighting, you know, like Smith, a, a misstep has a physical ramification, but now you found this thing that like you can do in your home or you used to do in your home when you had your shop at the house and you've, you're, you're on your own time. Lockdown will not affect you because like you can do this on your own. You don't have to be around anybody. Yeah. I just it makes me happy because I see I see how happy you are, especially when you're walking to the cage. Definitely, if you're listening to this podcast, go go Google. I'm gonna put some put some code um, put some links in here. Go go Google his fights. Go Google his fights. All you have to do is put in Honor Caglar MMA and all in the videos, they all come up. Most of them, and they're great. And you can see how happy you are. And and I, especially now when I when I love watching your your Instagram with your sons and your wife and it's just it's uh or your your fiance <laughs> you guys all look so happy all the time yeah
1: yeah we are it's, i don't it's you don't really think of it but like in the last lull of lockdown when when they eased the lockdown and we could go do stuff we all we went away for a, a couple of days at a, a like a log cabin and like me me and Emma were sat like in the uh in the jacuzzi on the night when the kids were in bed and we were like how crazy is it like like we're together we met each other and obviously you, you don't really think it's going to last this long like we we've, we've been together 8 8 years now and we've got two kids we've got a house you know what we we've we both got good jobs and when we first met we were living in a flat which was covered in mold we didn't have much money you know it'd be, it be we'd rarely get a takeaway because we couldn't afford a takeaway we we were like using all our money on electric and it was crazy you know like we had nothing you know some of the times we'd run out of an electric run out of electric and you know, we'd be like trying to get money off people, and you know, and it's it's you don't think of it till you sit there, and you know, we were just sat there in the jacuzzi, and we were like, that it's it's crazy, you know. we have all we're happy now; we're at a happy stage in our life. We've got kids. We're trying to give the give our kids a better life, you know. I think the problem with today is a lot of people think that giving your kids a better life is buying them stuff, but like we try and give our kids just love, you know, just give them the the love they need and. It, people always say it which it, it sort of makes me happy you know when people say like oh you, you can tell your kids are loved and i think that that's that worth any amount of money in the world you know i your
0: your youngest son rogue yeah. what is he well he's not even two right uh, yeah he's, he's,
1: he's one and
0: <laughs> he's fucking laughing all the time he's, his, he's the f- rico is unbelievable you have two extraordinarily happy kids and it's just awesome to watch the only
1: thing is i'll record rogue when he's laughing but he's the devil he's this he's the fucking devil i swear <laughs> he got you know we wow. put him to bed and he's got like a table next to his bed and every night he launches it it's like a routine now we'll put him to bed we sit here we hear, boop, boop. he launches the bed he'll smash loads of his toys up wreck everything and get back in. i don't know how he does it because we've got blackout curtains and it's pitch black in there he'll manage to just trash his bedroom and get back in bed and go to sleep and he does it every night So we're like, we start calling him the poltergeist because he's like the human
0: poltergeist. (laughs) You got to get, now that's your next video, is you got to get the, you got to get the, like the night vision, (laughs) you know, find out what he's been up, what he's up to. It might be funny.
1: (laughs) She'd probably be scared that he's actually a poltergeist. (laughs) Because
0: <laughs> you know what's going to happen You put that green uh, night vision light And his eyes are going to glow And he's going to do something that's going to be like What was that? What did he do, do that you know, for? It, he's got crazy. strange
1: eyes as well Like In his in his left eye he's got like a brown bit Which started to turn brown And then it stopped so he's got green eyes With a brown streak across And then in his right eye If you look in the pupil it changes sizes And there's like grey patches in there It's so weird I, I noticed it today and I was like it's like a lizard or something like he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> like the devil's son or something he's gotta be he's...
0: well i mean it's i just i really i mean i love seeing when, when uh when you do stuff on your instagram stories with with rico is just such a pistol this kid is just such a pistol and i just i don't know i like i said i i feel like you know you and i've gone back and forth and i always say when i when i hear when i read when i read the things that people say to you and then you repost them and you laugh it off. I always think to myself, I couldn't handle. I would. I couldn't handle this. I'm too way too fickle. I'm way too fragile to deal with this in a in a in any way other than just like you know, be in the fetal position after a while. <laughs> you know, I, I I mean I'm being honest. And you always say, Wow, it's nothing. I've been in the army. I, and and then. I just note your your life has given you all these incredible adventures and stories and like hardships that like these peons. I want to talk to you about. There's one guy. There's one of the things that you write to these people. So, so if you follow follow Honor and uh, on Instagrams. Guys in every film, you will not be dissatisfied. <laughs> his stories, it don't get much better than his stories. And so he'll take, somebody will say something nasty about a chain actor. you know, most of these guys, seems like a lot of these guys are from Russia or something.
1: Yeah, I got a lot of that, that. Yeah.
0: So they'll write something to him. And then what will usually happen is it'll be a guy giving him advice. <laughs> like he'll do something he's well. You should have done it like this and you should have done it like that. And it's very clear that, you know, you've, you know, this guy's trying to set the hook on you, but you set the hook on him. And you'll say something like, I did it the way I want. Um, And then, then, then the next thing will be like, well, you don't, then the guy will respond saying, well, you don't have to be a dick. I'm just trying to give you some advice. You know, you should be a little bit more humble and listen to when people give you criticism. And then you, my favorite thing that you do is you write, mommy the internet man has hurt my feelings, <laughs> something like that. I swear to God, the YouTube man, <laughs> when you write the YouTube man's hurt my feelings or the internet man's hurt my
1: feelings. I fucking love it. Yeah, people have too much of an opinion. You know, like I, it's, it's, it's crazy because you say something to someone and then they're like, well, I, I've got an opinion. Like, yeah, you've got your opinion and this is my opinion I'm giving you, but you don't like that, but you're all right giving me your opinion. Like, do you not understand this? Or
0: <laughs> it's hilarious, and then usually they'll give you their resume, yeah. which is the resume is like, I was an engineer for 25 years and I was in charge of this, that, you know, the other thing. And you're just like, Oh, mommy, the internet, man, has hurt my feelings. Yeah. Again. I the fucking wo- I think the worst one time. is the
1: uh, the trench club. Like, I've had so many people on that recently, and I had a guy yesterday, um. And he was like, oh, you've got long sleeves on a live. You shouldn't wear that. It's dangerous. You'll lose your arm. And I'm like, what the fuck? So you think people in, like, freezing cold countries are wearing T-shirts on lathe just in case they lose their arm? Or every engineer, every, <laughs> every, every every like, machinist shop I've ever been in and people using lathe, they're all wearing long sleeve tops. You know, like, what if a hot chip flies off and burns your arm? So, like, there's a counter to it. But if you were wearing a short sleeve, people would be like, oh, what if a hot chip flies off and burns your arm? You know? You, you can't I've never heard way.
0: of a machinist. I never even heard of a machinist wearing short yeah. sleeves. It's just they were like they just you know, don't
1: understand the 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 difference between a long sleeve and a baggy sleeve. You know, like someone was actually sagging into the machine.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, back in the day, at the during uh, when we would go through the metal shops, that we know, there everyone would say, if you have long hair, put that oh, shit yeah, back, no. you know, because like that's the one thing you don't want to get your you know pull your hair out. The other thing you get a lot of. Is people get upset because you hurt their eyes with your welding
1: <laughs> Do you know like the generation of people who act like I've never gone to school for welding but I know that it's UV rays coming out of, like you know like when people are like oh when you, 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 can, you, could, you can watch the, t- the, the solar eclipse on TV without burning your eyes you know but you can't look at it directly but you wear sunglasses alright but you can watch it on TV but these guys think that watching welding on a screen so, like, the concept, they don't think of the concept. The, the UV ray goes into my camera lens, saves onto a memory card, leaves the memory card onto my MacBook, then goes onto my MacBook, into <laughs> Final true. Cut Pro, from Final <laughs> Cut Pro, onto YouTube, out of your screen, which isn't even capable of putting out UV rays, into your eyes. <laughs> it, like... When you when you say it like that, when you break it down like that, it's even more it's even more obnoxious that? If,
0: that you get the volume of people who write if that you, to
1: could, you. If you could get UV from your screen, people wouldn't go to the sunbeds; they'd just be sat in front of the fucking TV. <laughs>
0: I I just I just it's like it's but it's like it got to the point for you with all the comments it's like this evergreen content and Jess told me that like this is called engagement yeah. and when you when you go back and forth with these people whether or not you're taking the shit you know taking the piss out of them or giving them trouble or they are giving you trouble or whatever that propels you that's like money that's like money in the yeah, bank
1: it gives it like it it shows like um it's like movement on your on your video and stuff I enjoy it. I like it when it gets to the end of the, like, oh, he'll say something, like, fucking, uh, why are you so upset? And I'll be like, oh, I'm upset. I'm, I'm you know, like, you, you're giving me, like, movement on my video because you keep replying. And then they stop replying, and you're like, boom. I win.
0: <laughs> Can you tell the story of the guy who ended up calling the police on you?
1: Well, the, the, the one in the emails recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell that fucking one. That one's fucking, fucking awesome.
1: Hell. Yeah, it turns out, like, he was just a kid, like, and he was... I can't think why what it originally started at but yeah he was he was making out like he had uh, done something wrong and and obviously I, I did the back and forth of calling him like a child and stuff and he'd said he, a, he'd, oh, he said he was a he said he was going to come to my house and I was like yep like my my address is on my, my YouTube videos so I was like yeah sound 3 days I think he said I'll come to your house of money in Edinburgh okay yeah well, he also said,
0: like, I watch your fights, I see you. The... And he started, he started critiquing yeah, your like fighting. Yeah, like he slit,
1: oh, you, 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 oh, the only thing you do good is lose. Like, oh, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care, mate. No, you have a
0: winning, you have a winning, he just obviously doesn't know you have a winning uh, record.
1: Like, he he says it like, it's it's like, you could say to any fighter, like, about losing, but they don't care. If you're, if you're a non-fighter saying to a fighter that, that they lose, then it's like, well, who's the real loser? Because, you know, like, you're critiquing my fighting, but you haven't actually fought, so you can't say anything. So
0: this dude, he says he's going to come to your house. And then all of a sudden, you guys go into it
1: to emails. Yeah, he, he got my email address off, off, off YouTube, I think, started emailing me. And, and then by the end of it, like he's, he's, he said he's going to ring the police. And I had to block him, actually, because he kept, he, kept, he kept like sending me messages like every couple of hours. And one of them was just like, why are you harassing me? And I was like, mate, I hadn't even sent you an email. I think there was something wrong with him. There's got to been something wrong with him. And I, so I was just like, blocked. You know, like, don't let him even email me anymore. But no police showed up. It's just
0: a... Oh, dude, I, I just, I get, like, it all, it all. for me personally, it's all too much energy. Like, when we deal with uh, the, uh, all the guys, you know, like, Pakistan and with Zabard yeah. who are, like, knocking all of our stuff off. In the beginning, I was just, like, I remember there was somebody who was knocking off Tomer's, Tomer Botner, uh, Florentine Kitchen Knives. They're knocking off his mm. knives and I sent a message and the guy sent me something back nasty and then I was like all right fuck it so I i like did the the knife (laughs) talk let's attack and they swarm this guy like but like the there just wasn't enough blood for all the hyenas to like get their fill so then they started coming back to me saying who do we go after next and I was like I can't do this. this is too much time in my day I can't be you know sicking these these people i can't go back and forth with it It just seems like it's just too much energy yeah. but it creates content for you which is like hilarious
1: yeah. the majority of it like i do enjoy but like that guy it was just like when he was emailing me i was like well i ain't gaining anything from it so i i just didn't reply to him anymore like i got a few little corkers for my instagram and then i was like yeah that's it and it was just that that was that was the fun over for me but yeah the, a lot of them on the the uh I get a lot of people, like, I've had quite a lot of Russians recently crying about me smashing up cabbages, it's so fucking weird.
0: <laughs> Tell me what about, why are they crying about so the upset. smashing well, up the cabbages? The guy yesterday,
1: he said that God God was going to punish me because I wasted vegetables, what the fuck? Am I, like, <laughs> I just don't understand the concept, so God is going to punish me, which is, in effect, punishing someone is worse than me just destroying vegetables. So he's gonna do something worse to me than I have done in in that scenario. It makes no sense. That's like, it's it's like saying, really Oh, Bible, I'm gonna I mean... stab you because you smashed an egg. Well like,
0: <laughs> Well, it's not I mean it isn't even like biblically correct, <laughs> and there's nothing about cabbages and smashing cabbages and retribution. Like, the, I mean,
1: the, <laughs> the problem with people <laughs> is like they they don't seem to understand you know they'll cry and they'll say, Oh, you you're wasting f- vegetables but that's my money, I can waste the fucking vegetables all I want, if I want to go buy a 10 grand car and smash it up in my front garden, I can do it, because I've earned the money, I'm not going to do that, that's a stupid idea, but if I wanted to, you know, like, but these people don't, they can't grasp the concept of that, it's it's, it's, it's just people, some people just should not, I I think I said it to you before, where I genuinely believe you should have to give your passport or ID to get an email address to sign up to anything. This would stop all the bullying because then there'd be a traceable thing, you know, like, oh, this guy called so-and-so this, and then we can go straight back to him. And it's, it is, in effect, if someone was doing it, you know, a lot of the stuff, I've had people, like, threaten me and stuff on the internet. Like, that guy threatened to come and, what, he, he said he, he was going to fucking stab me or whatever. You know, people threatening you. That's just not what people do face-to-face, is it, you know? Some people are as sort of like, some people are more bothered than me, and it can ups- upset people, you know? I've I've, I've actually had people, like, I get a lot of stick on my Instagram, but well, I used to, not, not so anymore. I've had a lot of people unfollow me because they said, oh, I don't like the fact that you post these, but it's positive in a way because I've had people message me and say, I've been getting loads of trolls like this and uh, it used to really bother me, but now I see how you treat them and it actually, like, it gives me, like, the confidence, you know, like, it makes me feel better. I've, I've had yeah. so many people like that and, I've, like, I'd rather have that than, you know, like, these followers who, who are upset by the fucking fact that I share... So-
0: well it's great i mean it's it's a way to combat it but it's also like i mean the funny part is is you're actually like monetizing it to a certain yeah. degree you know i
1: mean it's it or but i'll use do I, anything for it it's <laughs> him fucking great
0: i mean it's like as soon as you started i remember when you first started doing it i was just like this fucking guy this is evergreen this is evergreen content <laughs> you were you were taking peop you were translating people's languages and then insulting them back in their own language the only way to do it fucking awesome fucking awesome because there all of a sudden there's this like weird there's a weird russian words or you know some completely different thing you'll translate that the guy you know turns into like you'll see all these like squiggles and then when you translate it, it says you're a jerk and then you go, you do your thing you translate it back into their squiggles and you say fuck you it's fantastic yeah what do you think your biggest, what do you think that the number one thing that people, the number one crit, criticism is that you think is obnoxious? Is it the welding? Because um, it's all the same. I mean, half of them are all the yeah, same. And I don't understand where these people are coming from. But what do you think your number one, you know, troll comment
1: I is? I think it is the welding, to be honest. Um, I do get, to be honest, I get a lot of people who call stuff that I've made useless, you know. I've had, I I had, I don't, because obviously I don't share every single one because it'd be pretty repetitive. There's a lot of them, which are just boring. Um, I had five this morning, which were some Russians, useless, useless tool, useless, pointless, you know. I'm like, wait, if if I've made it and there's a video about it that you, like, you, that they don't understand. Like, I'll always, like, analyze it and break it down. Like, so, you saw a thumbnail You either thought, that looks interesting, or you thought, that looks shit, I'm going to click on it, watch it, and tell him it's shit. Either way, you're a fucking idiot, because if you click on something you don't like to tell me it's shit, you're a fucking idiot, and if you click on something which you thought was interesting, but then you decided to call me, say it's useless, you're a fucking idiot, because it's somewhat what you were interested in originally it makes no sense to me
0: i don't say i don't see one ounce of 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 people's time spent correctly i don't see any of it i don't see any of it and the last thing i have to i have to have to talk to you about is one of the greatest facebook bands you've had it's, you're standing, and this is in the in the middle of lockdown, I think it's in the summertime, you're wearing a, you're in your bedroom, you're wearing a t-shirt with all the Simpsons characters on it, which is hilarious, and you're screaming and hollering, and you got to just summarize the rant. It was shared. Thousands and thousands of times, correct. Yeah, it's,
1: It was shared off my page, and then other pages took it and shared it off. Like I think other pages, I've seen one which was at like four million views. I think. What was the gist of this epic? You've got to blame Danny for this as well because I made a rant. You know when they were doing the neck nominations, it, it be, the, the witch nomination. I think it, I don't know. If it, it might not have been over there. And neck nominations, where the originally it started out where you would drink a pint. You, like, you down a pint and then nominate someone else to down a pint. And right. it just got so fucking ridiculous. People were drinking piss, shit, you know, like, bleach. It, yeah, It was so ridiculous, and I was just, I, I did a rant about that years ago, and I was basically saying, like, what's the fucking point, you know, like, you're doing this, oh, and it's all, like, they're all doing it, like, oh, they want to look crazy, like, oh, look at me, I'm crazy because I drank a pint of fucking shit or whatever. Now nah, you're just like a tip, mate. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> And then, obviously, in the last lockdown, Danny was like, you need to do a rant. I can't think what the, what the thing, the,
0: you, it was about, I know what it was about. These celebrities in their mansions. Oh, yeah, complaining. Who don't like being locked down.
1: Yeah, and and he obviously said about that, and I thought, yeah, who the fuck are they? You know, like, it's fucking insane. There's a celebrity. I, I, like, I don't care if a celebrity sat there and he's, he feels sorry for himself, okay, but then don't go on fucking telly and cry about it like you, your life's so hard. You know, like, you can do a lot more. Like They can get away with a lot more than us normal people can. If they get fined, it doesn't oh, really yeah. matter to them that they get fined. You know what I mean? They, they've got all the money in the world. A fine only hurts like people who don't have much money. And I'd, yeah, I'd, and so I just did a fucking rant about that. I nearly did one then as well. You, <laughs> Your head started to turn purple. You were screaming and hollering.
0: And the greatest part about the whole thing is on the t-shirt, I couldn't stop looking at one <laughs> on The Simpsons. Milhouse's dad was like locking eyes with you. And it was the craziest thing. And all of a sudden, it's just like thousands of views. And then I guess millions of views. And then all of the UK was watching you in your bedroom. Yelling at some some celebrity, and then you ended up getting banned yeah. for it.
1: Yeah, they said. I think I got they, they give me a ban for harassment and bullying. They did overturn it in the end, but it took them like fucking two weeks to overturn it. But I've, a lot of people, what a lot of people didn't understand was that, like, I don't really give a fuck about that. You know, that was like that's acting. You know, like I'm doing it. Like I'm. Like, yeah. It was all for. Fu- I got you know I got fucking inboxes on my Facebook Off people from that like threatening me and stuff, saying that I was perfect. Really? Yeah, like, one guy threatened me. He was calling me pathetic. And I was like, mate, you need to fucking get a grip. You're messaging someone on Facebook over a fucking video, over celebrities. What you? like, you know, it's got nothing to do with you. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And like, it's fucking so weird. People are so weird. They're calling me pathetic because I was kicking off about celebrities, but then they're kicking off about me kicking off. It's fucking hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, dude, it makes no sense to me. I I am totally of the mind, and I sent you. I just sent you that video of uh, Ricky Gervais, the Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't get much better than Ricky Gervais. Whatever you thought, think yeah, about like him. him. He talks about being on Twitter, and he says he says it's like being on Twitter. He's like, I got millions of followers. I don't know. What, I don't know who they are, or what they're what they have to say, but they're watching what I'm saying. So if I say something they don't like. They start screaming at me. And he says, it's like going into a town center and then seeing that there are <laughs> guitar lessons for sale. And then you you see, and you say, I don't want, I don't like guitar <laughs> lessons. And then you grab the thing. You look at the telephone number. You call the telephone number up and say, are you teaching t- guitar lessons? And the guy says, yeah, I'm teaching guitar lessons. He goes, well, I don't like <laughs> guitar lessons. And he hangs up the phone. He's like, it makes no sense yeah. to me. But I mean, really, you know, yeah. obviously, really. you know, It's fucking unbelievable. I, it's the funny part is, is like obviously, you know, you know, you're using it all. You're using it all to benefit you and your family, which I Mm. love. And you know, you've you've been through the ringer. You've seen it all, and and the fact that you've been able to kind of like turn it around and turn it into something that you you know, you generally love and you do a great job. I mean, your knives are beautiful and, and your technique is beautiful. And, and I just, I enjoy everything you do. You you really are, you make social media fun as far as I'm concerned. And and I just want you to I'm, know that. And I'm really
1: yeah, glad I'm you're about, here. like I really appreciate it. It's good coming from someone who looks at it. Like I'm just living my life on there and I'm trying to be as real as possible. You know, I have had people who like fucking say, oh, they, you know, like you're doing this and it's not very business savvy. And, <clears throat> I am my own business, you know. Like it's my business, but I am the business. I'm I'm selling myself, really. I, I don't want someone to to buy a knife from a guy who they don't fucking know. I want them to know and go, this guy. I'd like to have a drink with this guy. I want to buy a knife from him. You right. know, I don't. I don't. It's not like just a no faced business. So like, I, I don't think people understand like that side of the. You know, like they think you should just be just purely business. Oh, I don't don't speak you know don't show your family don't do this don't do that that's what social media is you know you get that side across you can be more relatable to people
0: there's two people that made the my my, my business partner tony used to say that uh, carl ruiz my old friend who passed away a uh, year ago year plus he said he made the internet fun and he did because he was awesome on 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 instagram he was he was just like just this he did whatever the fuck he wanted and he made social media fun and I thought there's two people in the world who do that, Carl and you. <laughs> you make the you make social media so much more fun, and I'm just glad that you're. I'm just glad that I, that uh, I'm glad that I know you, and I'm a, I pre I consider you a friend, and I really appreciate everything that you do for other people too. Yeah, yeah,
1: well, I think we're all in it together, you know. Like it's a it's sort of like a a little. It's not even just knife making community. There's a big wide like there's, there's fucking the sculptors yeah. and you know. I've just been, I've just started following the Leah Aropotch. Did I say that? Dude, yeah, you know, I Dude. thought I, she was on your podcast, wasn't she? And I thought I'd followed her then. And then you shared the thing what she'd made for your partner, uh, for your wife. And then I clicked yeah. on that, and I was like, "Why aren't I seeing her post?" And I thought, oh, "I, I'm following her." <laughs> and then I looked at the the newest one she's done that like the the fucking um uh, uh, octopus thing. It's fucking, I was like, yeah. "No ways! How the fuck?" <laughs>
0: Leah Arapach is amazing. She listens to this podcast. I actually called her yesterday. She sent my wife one of these cast belt buckles. um, She makes
1: it's
0: It's amazing. I mean, her, her, she's, this is the one thing about this podcast that has been great is I really been talking to people that I know and that, I've just seen this real connection between people who not just knife makers but like everyone has a real sense of what they're doing and it's just great to kind of help them and and when i had the pat quinn episode she contacted pat and she's going to go down the center for mental arts and pat was all fired up he he just got himself uh you know some some uh like a student so he sent me a pair of tongs it's a great community and and i think especially with with what's going on and with pandemic and all the nonsense that's going around, it's nice to have some positivity, and, and it's really nice to have somebody kind of occupying your time, and and um and I just I appreciate I'm glad that you're out there. I really and a lot of people do too. And you're you're funny, you're fun. I, I I at one time I would say I hope you're gonna fight again, but now I don't feel like you need to, and I'm kind of glad you're yeah. not.
1: It's I, I it is it's it's a I think it's sort of the, the pandemic sort of sealed it for me. You know, <laughs> and
0: it, well, you landed on your feet, yeah. which is awesome. Like my
1: business, is, my business is doing so well. I've, do you know what the strange thing is? Like, the pandemic has been the best thing for my business. So many people are ordering knives and stuff. <clears throat> it's been, it's been absolutely insane. And like, I've, I've, I'm getting more time to work. You know, when when Emma goes back to work, we're gonna be putting the kids into um well, or at school, and then Rogue will be going to nursery a little bit more so we can work more and yeah it's it, it's been really good wow. i've definitely landed on my feet i mean if i'd have thought like years ago i mean in between coming out of the army and like in this the mess that i was in after that with ptsd i wouldn't have ever seen my life being there is now it's it's really good you know i can look back and think it was worth it it was definitely worth it damn right <laughs> it was worth it
0: god damn i'm so glad i'm it makes me so happy when i just kind of like looked at what you're up to and what you've been through it's just like it just it makes you feel good it makes you feel good based on you know what you've been through and what you're doing and you're kind of manifesting all this success on your own and you deserve every bit of it and it isn't because you're lazy it's because you're doing all this work and you're making it happen you're manifesting it and it's just really awesome to see i think
1: as well like i said i've said it recently i think it's like you know, like, you, you hear some people and the partners aren't very supportive. I see, I see it quite a lot of from knife maker guys. I mean, I think you've said it before as well, actually. Having a supportive partner is, like, the biggest part of it, and I think I do have a supportive partner, which, which helps quite a lot, you know. he's Well, I, I
0: couldn't be happier for you. I'm really, I am a fan, and I'm glad I'm your friend. And guys, you got to go follow Honor. Go follow Honor. Go follow, you, if dies in every film on Instagram, it's, the, if you have five, if you have five accounts to follow, his got to be in there because he's always having a good time. It's always fun. It's great. It's worth it. Go follow him there. Go subscribe. I'm sure you already are uh, to Dyes and Every Film Customs. Give him subscribe, subscribe, and go follow his sponsors and support his sponsors. Go, sp- go follow his sponsors. It helps him and helps his family. It's worth it. And I got a couple things to talk about, guys. I just talked to pat quinn there's still some classes available at the center for metal arts now i know some of you have reached out and said to me i'm thinking about getting that nick anger class too late you got to hop on these motherfuckers salem straub is going to be here next week as we're going to talk about his classes booked up the knife making classes are booked up you got to get on this can't just wait around there are other forging classes available go to the center for mental arts and find out what's going on Um, For sure, don't wait, because when you wait, you lose, because these things go fast. He's got the best of the best down there, and it's definitely worth it, and go go help out the Center for Mental Arts. (sighs) Monster, monster thank you to my friend Leah Arapach. She sent me something that was so beautiful, sent something to my wife. I cannot thank you enough Leah and you you are a very generous person you went above and beyond my wife she sent it to my wife because uh, as a frontline worker you you really made her day that was really she's we've been having some hard times because you know you know my wife's been dealing with the pandemic in different ways and you know constantly dealing with sick people and sick people and sick people and this was something that really really brightened her day and I cannot thank you enough so guys go follow Leah. She's a really extraordinary person. She's going to get better, too, because she's going to go down and see Pat. She's going to learn how to do things better. Thank you. Many thanks. Many thanks. Many thanks. Um, what else? Okay, Axe Wax. Guys, go get yourself some Axe Wax. We're doing pretty good. We need to keep the ball rolling. So go get yourself some Axe Wax. Go to axwax.us, Put in promo code FULLBLAST10. Get yourself 10% off. Buy a couple pucks. Get a t-shirt yes mrs lockwood it's axe wax i said axe wax um and then um i think that's it so next week you got um salem strob coming up i got a couple secret ones i'm trying to just finish off but i'm really excited about and uh, guys listen you've been great and uh we'll see you next week all right honor thank you thank so you much that yeah. was fun you're a funny guy <laughs>